Um, we've been looking at how Jesus had been tempted by Satan and how he overcame. Amen. If the devil tempted Jesus, come on, man. He's not going to leave you alone. Amen. So, but God has given us the tools that we need and everything we need to overcome Satan's attack. Amen. Luke chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 9 through 12. Amen. It says, and he led him, it's the third temptation. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered Satan and said what? It is, it is said, you shall what? Not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 13 and when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. I want to talk about this morning, the word or the world. Amen. The word or the world. Amen. Life changes, life changing choices. Amen. We, 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 we've been looking at, uh, in the last three weeks, we've been talking about life-changing choices. And uh, a lot of times, um, we, we, we don't understand, but the choices we make in life, they affect everything. And we have been looking at Jesus. And if you would, Jesus has been given us the blueprint. Amen. The blueprint to pass the test. Can I tell you something this morning? Satan does not give up. Satan does not give in. The one thing you got to know about Satan, he's very persistent. And in his persistence... He uses what I call angles, obstructions, deception, smoke, and mirrors. He's not going to let you see everything up close. Because if you were to examine everything up close, you would realize that it's fake. What the devil is presenting. We've seen that Satan had made two attempts to cause Jesus to take a detour around the cross. We've seen that Jesus has given us the blueprint, the strategy on how to overcome. Oftentimes, saints, we don't see the bigger picture. 
Because what we are interested in is in the now. For instance, for instance, for instance, let's say you made a choice to purchase a car. Let's just say this said car is a Bugatti. Just, just hypothetically. Just, just want to expand your thinking for a minute. Now, you look at the sticker price, you say, yeah, I can do that. But the bigger picture is this. A set of tires for a Bugatti is $2,000, $42,000 for all four. That, that's the price for all four tires. The Bugatti's oil change is twenty dollars to $25,000 for an oil change. I'm going to say it one more time. For an oil change. Amen. See, the bigger picture. A lot of us go out and we buy things, but we don't look at the, come on, help me, somebody. Car insurance is $4,100 a month for a Bugatti. See, somebody say, I ain't driving no Bugatti. <laughs> but isn't it interesting that oftentimes that's how we do things, right? We don't look at everything. We just look at, oh, I want this now. I got to have it now. But we never think about what? The consequences or the big picture. Now, I know this is an extreme illustration. Amen. But let's say this is what you really want. And somehow you convince yourself you can afford it. Yet, amen, amen, the temptation to make the choice will always cause you to convince yourself that you got it. <laughs> you see, the word of God is our weapon. And I want to tell you something. Not only is it a weapon, but it's also our lenses. It is how the believer views life. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you with something. Here's the thing. If you and I are not seeing life through the lenses of the word of God, it's called a worldview. If your worldview is not biblical, if you're not seeing it the way God shows it to you through his word, you and I will always make the wrong choices. Or we'll make the choices that gratifies the now and not think about the future. Or we will make choices that we will live with later when they're repoing the car, when they're foreclosing on the house. Come on, somebody. When they're, when, when, when they're, when they're, when, when, when things in your life seems like it's falling apart because at some point you thought that, yeah, I got this, but I wasn't looking at the bigger picture. You see, the word of the world, it, 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 it is a choice that you have to make. And what you and I, the choice that we have to make is what lenses are we going to look at life through? Amen. I want to I tell you that I was heartbroken by what I saw happen in World this weekend. Uh, but then when I looked closely and when I, got the, when I got the tea on it, come to find out people were smoking weed, snorting coke. They were doing all kinds of stuff and they were just wilding out. 
Okay, but just think about it. There's a 10-year-old, there's an 8-year-old. I mean, I'm just saying, like, who would bring the world? I'm talking about the world, right? The world. Let's, let's talk about how the world do it. The world will bring, a, a, a father will bring his 8-year-old child to a place where it's full of marijuana smoking. All kinds of things around. See, the world will try to offer you a quick fix to a spiritual problem, yeah? Satan doesn't stop. My prayers go out to those families. And we're going to keep praying for them. But my thing is, here's the thing, y'all. The enemy wants you to never pay attention to the bigger picture. Understand what I'm saying? He wants us to take shortcuts. He wants us to take detours. He wants us to have quick fixes. Jesus has already showed us. But you know what I found out? As Jesus is laying the word on Satan, Satan isn't stopping. Right? He keeps coming back because he wants to see with, with us, right? He wants to see, do you really believe this? Or, or are you just going through the motion? I promise you, saints, if you learn a scripture. Now, a pastor gave me an idea, and I think we're going to start this next year. Their responsive reading is one scripture a year. Every Sunday morning, they read one portion of scripture for the whole year. And he said, man, listen, by the end of the year, you have this scripture memorized. Here's the thing. If you are not armed with a word, you can't fight Satan off. You can blah, 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 blah all you want. You can do whatever you're doing. But I want to tell you something. You can rebuke him. <laughs> you can call him upside his, call him up, out, out his name, whatever the case may be. But the only thing that can defeat Satan is the word of God. But let me show you what Satan does even with that. Look at verse 9. So now, after Satan wanted Jesus to worship him, <laughs> amen, see that? I told you, Satan want to be like God. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 says, and then he led him up. Look at that. Led him to where? You got to know, uh, theologically, there's a lot of stuff happening here. He led him to Jerusalem. Let me tell you about Jerusalem to Jesus. Watch this. You ready? He went from the wilderness to the place of worship. <laughs> Jerusalem is where Jesus is coming back to. God's special place. So it tells me that Satan has no regard for things that are sacred. So that's how he can come in church and tear up a church with discord and, and, and all kinds of different things and cause people to fight with each other and people to, 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 to dislike each other and all this other stuff. Satan doesn't care, y'all. His one mission is to seek, kill, He took them from the wilderness to the place of worship. Come on, y'all. You know what we got to do? We have to make sure that this place is so sanctified and that we're so unified 
that when Satan hit the door, he got to turn around. Are y'all with me? Are y'all following me with this? Watch this, watch this. You and I got to make sure that we ain't got nothing in our heart for our brothers and our sisters, but that when we come here, we come together in unity and love, and the Spirit of God will meet us here, and guess what? Satan won't set foot through that door. Do I have a witness? Can I get a witness? <laughs> Amen. He took them to Jerusalem. What blaspheme. And then he took them where? He took them to where? He led him, watch this, and had him to stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, yo, if you throw, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here. So, so, so let me give you the first temptation. The first temptation that Satan will come with right here is the temptation, ready? To live without the word and the church. <laughs> Y'all ain't talking if I could come in the church and desecrate the church and cause division, then I don't need the church. You don't need the church. As a matter of fact, you don't even need the word. You can read it for yourself at home. That's what he wants you to be convinced of. But I'm serving notice to Satan. You can't have the vision church. You can't have the people of the vision church. Come on, y'all. You got to say it with me. Come on, y'all. You got to tell, tell the day you can't have me. Shoot, I'm having joy today. Listen, I, listen I, I'm going to be happy. Matter of fact, I'm going to praise today. But the first temptation is for you and I to live without the word and the church. Church is how you stay alive. Are you with me? This is the vine. And when you connect to the vine, you begin to become fruitful as a believer. He led Jesus from the wilderness to the holy place of worship. Imagine coming to the place where the word should be preached and presented correctly. Watch this. And the devil is quoting it. You got to be careful what comes in this pulpit. Oh, y'all ain't trying to hear me. You got to be careful what your flesh wants over what your spirit wants. See, a guy may come up here and he may not be eloquent. He may not say words, but he's got a pure heart. And you can tell that the spirit of God is in him and he's trying his best. Come on, somebody. But if you were to just listen. Then you get a guy come here, he's all hype, and he can make you feel good. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? You don't know that he's a what? A wolf in sheep's clothing. The devil tried to get Jesus to change his timing and structure of his ministry. Satan meant that the nation would see Jesus miraculously protected, watch this, protected if he would jump it would mean that the people would immediately accept him because he wanted Jesus to achieve salvation without a cross for us. But through a jump. 
Have y'all ever seen it like that? <laughs> Watch this. He wanted Jesus to achieve Calvary without a cross. Salvation without a cross. If you jump. Guess what? They're going to say, Woo, that's our Savior. Lord have mercy. Remember this. Jesus had a mission. You have a mission, but you got to stop getting detoured from that mission. Press your way through. Pull your way through. Come on, y'all. Know what you believe and stand on that and stop believing anything new. You with me? That's the first temptation. But watch this. Watch what he says. He, now, I want to show you something that's really powerful. Look at verse 10. It says, for it is written. Now, you got to catch something here. I don't know if anybody ever saw this. When Jesus said, it is written, he did not use the word for <laughs> in the previous verses. All he said was what? And what he meant grammatically, it was this. That's it. It's written. But what Satan meant was when he said, for it is written, what he's doing now is he's pulling the text out of context. <laughs> Come on. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So the second temptation is this. The temptation to misinterpret the word. Can you imagine that Satan is so bold that he will say, okay, you've been saying it's written, well, here I come. You got a scripture, I got a scripture. You got a word, I got a word. But it's a misinterpretation of the word. Are y'all with me? When you misinterpret the word, you will watch this. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. It's not going to be effective because you're wanting it to say something that fits. Your narrative, not the narrative that is supposed to meet. You with me? Jesus never said, for it is written. He just said, it is written. It's like you can tell that Satan is lying. Because he's putting too much emphasis on, for it is written. <laughs> Watch this. The other fact is that Satan can read the word he has access to the word but he doesn't have the correct interpretation of the word I watched the guy preach Wednesday night Thursday night Friday night he opened his Bible he read a scripture and then he went on from there, and he never explained the scripture. And the people were just falling on their face. And the people were just 
It looked like Astro World. They were so hyped, man. And they really, listen, he took off his tie, looked over his shirt. He was sweating and all that kind of stuff. And I'm saying, where is the word? The word, y'all. Can I tell you something? Satan knows the word, but he doesn't know it in its correct interpretation. So that's the second temptation. Here's the next temptation. See, see, see let, me, let me just say this, and I just want to contrast this before I get to my next point. You remember the, the, the parable of the seed and the sower? That it says that some seed, watch this, fell on rocky ground, correct? Watch this, watch this. The, the interpretation of that, it says that the interpretation of the rocky ground uh, parable is this, that Satan, oh, I'm sorry, they, they, it says in Luke that the devil comes and takes it away. Wait a minute. Matthew says, the e Matthew refers to the devil as the evil one. See, when you misinterpret the word, he can take it from you. Can you imagine that every time you come into the house of God and you leave out of here, you're being held up. You're being robbed. Satan is robbing us because the word is falling on the ground where we don't understand it. Matthew says the devil comes and snatches. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He's bold, ain't he? Why do you think he doesn't want you interested in Bible study? That's put me to sleep this morning, Sunday morning. I'm supposed to be hype. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be jumping around. I'm supposed to be like, yeah, preach, man, yeah. Say, so don't want you to understand this. He doesn't want you to understand this. He wants you to leave here and then walk to the front door and be robbed. How is it that Satan will rob us that quick? It says the evil one snatches it. The evil one takes it away. I want you to declare today that I will no longer be robbed. You ever notice when the words start, you got to go to the bathroom? I want you to pay, I want you to keep count how many times you go to the bathroom. When you come to church, just get out. Uh, one, two, three. <laughs> I just got a weak bladder when you come to church. <laughs> you, ever, you ever notice how sleepy you get? It's like a trance. Like, oh man, Pastor's voice is so soothing. Nah, ain't that. The devil does not want us to hear the word and interpret it correctly so that we can be victorious. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. It is written, for it is written. So he wants us to what? Misinterpret the word. Here's the next thing he wants us to do. You ready? Ready? He wants us, the temptation to misapply the word. Because what he was asking Jesus to do 
was to jump off the temple and watch this. And all of a sudden, guess what? He's going to send angels to rescue you. That's a misapplication of the word of God. I found out something. I misapply the word just like with the seed and the sower when the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of life come in. And my soil is not right. But watch this. When you misapply it, it doesn't work. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But watch this. Satan wants us the temptation to misapply it. First of all, how the heck, I mean, how in the world does he have the audacity to even quote the word? Think about y'all with me? Y'all, I'm trying to get into your mind here, right? Just think about, just think for a minute. He's bold, ain't he? If the word of God is living and active and sharpening any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrows and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart, and if the word of God is God, then how is Satan able to quote it? Wait a minute. It has to be what? Misapplied misinterpreted because he knows that if he deals with the pure word uncut guess what it will cut him because it says it's a two come on y'all how is Satan able to use the word when it's so sharp what about you How often do you read it? How often do you read it? And I ain't talking about this fast read, speed read stuff. I'm talking about you're meditating on it day and night so that you will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. Satan knows what the word will do to us. It will change us. Listen, magic is not going to change us. It is the application of the word of God that will change us. Wishing will not change us. Having the Bible, watch this, in your back seat or in your dash (laughs) or or somewhere around and you not pick it up and read it will not change you. It is when you open it up. But Satan knows this. Satan knows this. So what does he do? He fills us with the world. He gets us so involved in sports, politics, rifts, rafts, committees, marches, uh, whatever that's in the world. Distracted. Because he knows, man, if I can keep you there, then you, you, you good. Watch this. He says what? It is what? He says, for it is, and I'm just sticking verse 10. For it is what? Written. Misapply the word, but watch this. Watch what Satan says next. 
He says, and on their hand, he says, and he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. Watch this. See, see how we use the scripture? See how Satan uses the scripture? This is how we use scripture sometimes. Oh, the Bible says that God will guard me if I jump off this ledge. Wait a minute. And these are the sign that accompanies those who believe. They will pick up scorpions, they'll drink poison, and they will be protected. And people actually go out and do that stuff, and they die. <laughs> Misapplying it. But here's the next thing. You write this down. The temptation to miss the context of the word. Satan here, he cites Psalm 91. That's what Satan is quoting right here. He was reminding Jesus of God's promise to protect him. However, the mere use of biblical words does not always reveal God's will, particularly if it's in the wrong context. Because if you read on <laughs> from verses 11, 12 of Psalm 91, you go to verse 13, the context is that God said that the same Jesus that he's going to protect is the same Jesus that will trample on Satan's head. Satan is using a passage of scripture in the wrong context that's talking about his demise. Big dummy. Watch the text. Verse 13 of Psalm 91 says, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. Who do you think the cobra is? The young lion and the serpent, will, you will what? Trample. Satan was quoting a scripture that was talking about his demise. So it tells me that there's a temptation to use the scripture in the, to miss the context, to miss the context, to miss the context. Whenever you miss the context, so you always read what happened before and what happened after. Now, is the word powerful? Yes. But if it's not in its right context, you want to know why some of us don't see things happening? When you say, okay, uh, uh, he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Uh, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world, right? I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. You know what the context to that is? <laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble today. I just want to help you. Let me tell you what the context of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is. The context of that passage is for the pastor. The Paul was telling the Philippian church, whether y'all take care of me or not, whether you support me or not, whether you hold back your love gifts or not, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that's the context, the immediate context, but there's also a principle in the passage. So I can use the principle and say by principle, <laughs> by principle, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so it's not that you can't use that scripture to say, you know, well, God, you know, God's going to give me the strength to do what I need to do today. But you've got to keep it in what? In the right. In the right. Very good. Lastly, 
Verse 12. So there's a temptation to miss the context, but write this down. There's a temptation to be misinformed about the word. Misinformed. So what Satan will do is send you to churches where the word is not being preached correctly. Get you on YouTube and put you in circles where they're just discussing the word. They're misinformed about the word. Satan didn't keep reading. If he would have kept on reading, he would have picked another scripture. When you get a chance, read Psalm 91, verses 11, 12, and then 13. Please do that for me. And you'll be like, dang, why didn't he quote that right? Because he can't. Because if Satan quotes it correctly, it means he believes it. And if Satan admits that he believes the word, then it's over for him. Are you with me? Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to my seat now. Verse 12. Verse 12. I got three minutes. Watch this. Verse 12. And Jesus answered. Hello, somebody. And said to him, what? He didn't say it was written in, though. Notice how Jesus answered. It is said. You know what? You know what Jesus was saying then? He went from talking about I am the written word to now I am the spoken word. <laughs> and what you're really handling is me. So how can you tell me about me when you know nothing about me? Because obviously you don't know anything about me. But notice you will go to all lengths to try to throw me off even using the word to tempt me to not do my father's will. Can you not believe that there are a lot of churches that we would belong to that led us astray, that did not tell us the truth, that we thought we were doing something when we were doing nothing. But I thank God that through Jesus Christ and through the correct understanding of his word, I know now that I can do better, that I can apply the word, that the word does have power. The antidote, your third antidote, temptation. Watch this. The third antidote is this. It is for you to get familiar with the word. Get familiar with it. He answered, Jesus said, it is said you shall not put the Lord your God. You know what Jesus was telling him? Look what Jesus was telling Satan. I'm your Lord and I'm your God. Get that. You want me to worship you, I left the best for last. I notice Jesus stayed in the same vicinity, Deuteronomy 6. He didn't go jumping around the whole Bible. He was doing expository preaching to the devil. <laughs> Y'all follow me on this? I know it's early, but guess what? I'm feeling this one here. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this now. He, he was going all over. Jesus stayed in Deuteronomy. He said, you shall what? Not put the Lord your God. No, notice. Notice. He says what? Your God. What is he implying? You were created by that God. 
And you can't put the God, my, your God to the test because you ain't God, Satan. You got power, but you will let that power. Watch verse 13. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. He going to leave you alone for a little bit. But while in between then and that opportune time, grow. Come to church. Pray. Read every day. If you don't understand the context, pick up the phone. You got a pastor. pastor. What does it mean? What does that mean? Get you a study Bible. Come on, somebody. Pick you up a concordance, a Bible dictionary. Go on these websites, BibleHub.com. Hey, I'm trying to help somebody here. BlueLetterBible.com. Study to show thyself. Approve unto God a workman who does not need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. In other words, you're cutting it straight like government cheese. Some of y'all don't know about government cheese. But in order for it to taste good, you can't have it, you can't have it in blocks. You gotta cut it straight. There's a commercial not too long ago for Prego spaghetti sauce. A mother's cooking spaghetti and the pot is full of what looks like a vibrant red spaghetti sauce. The aroma appears to be filling the house and the son comes in and looks at his mother cooking the sauce and asks, Mom, where's the mushrooms? She says, it's in there. But what about the sausage? Why, wh why is it in there? He sa she said, yep, it's in there. What about the tobacco? It's in there. Prego spaghetti sauce had a kick and a flavor because of what was inside. Every time the boy looked for something to explain what, what he smelled, his mother would reply, if you're looking for victory, it's in the Bible. It's in there. If you're looking for transformation, it's in there. If you're looking for power, it's in there. If you're looking for deliverance, it's in there. If you're looking for freedom, it's in there. If you're looking for prosperity, it's in there. If you're looking to be like nobody else, it's in there. Why? Because God's word has everything you need. Give God a hand clap of praise, y'all.